Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players by trumpet players and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell and Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. Now you can simply go to worldtrumpetfederation.com for all your trumpet needs. No annual fees, firewalls, or other barriers between you and the most current helpful trumpet information. Home to the Open Bell podcast, the World Trumpet Federation also has its own YouTube channel and other important materials. Please visit worldtrumpetfederation.com to see what we're up to. And Messina Covers. Is the bag for your horn the right size? Can it carry the B-flat and the flugel you need at the musical five nights a week? What about carrying the things you never have room for, like that extra mute that never seems to fit? Messina Covers has the passion and expertise needed to create bags that meet the needs of the most demanding trumpet players. They have been tweaking their designs for the past 15 years in search of the perfect trumpet gig bag. Messina Covers trumpet bags have lots of great standard features. A thousand denier DuPont Cordura, 10,000 pound seatbelt grade nylon webbing, B69 nylon thread. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds super impressive. Inch and a half thick padding, stiff and lightweight. And listen, all made right here in the United States by hand in Louisville, Kentucky. The bags come with a lifetime warranty against manufacturing defects like separating seams, tears, and all those sorts of things. And if you ever have a problem, they repair it for free. The cool thing, they have so many colors to choose from, you'll have a difficult time making a decision. I understand that they even have pink. If you have any questions at all, contact Erica and the gang at Messina Covers, and they'll be happy to help you with your trumpet case needs. And now, in case you are new to the podcast, here's a little about the show. We essentially have three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We'll use these segments to cover information that Joey, Brian, and I think is important. Gentlemen, shall we? This is a segment called Warming Up, and it gives us a chance to ease into the show by talking about some things that are on our radar. Brian, what type of conical nonsense do you have for us today? <laughs> well, you might imagine that cornet players are on my mind and all of these trumpet players who are trying to improve their trumpet sounds and their technique by playing cornet um, are on my mind. Mm. But as they gain this, this newfound technique and this great sound on their trumpet, they might be looking for a way to share it that's not currently available to them, like oh. at their local band hall um, band room or in, on the concert stage and um, so my colleague at school T Dr. Tim Schwartz our violin viola professor he sent me a text the other day and he said have you heard a thing about a thing called jack trip software um, and I said no and it looks like um, the people out at Stanford Center for Computer Research in Music have come up with it's not immediately, right? They've been anything you see has been wor in the works for years. They've been working on this for more than a decade, but they've come up with a way to do internet-based collaborate musical collaboration in real time, eliminating the latency problem. In fact, they s they claim they've gotten it down um, to the same latency you would experience if you're 30 feet away from someone on a stage. Wow! Um, so if you s if you're within um, a circumference of 500 miles they say the latency is close enough that you can actually play gigs with people remotely um, NPR just did a one of those tiny desk concerts with a trio yeah um, and they were oh. all in different locations um, so it does look like it, it works it's a little bit complicated to get to up and running it's open source software um, and then you have to use their jack audio connection kit so <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you have to uh, you have to use the terminal um, settings on your on your Mac when you're going through Mac. But it's Linux, um, Linux uh, OS X and Windows compatible, mm. um, and uh, it works it works great once you get it up and running. Um, and it looks it looks fascinating fascinating. So this is uh, Jack Trip software, um, and it's at the you can get it on the Stanford website CCRMA uh, Stanford website. Um, it's free, 
um, because it's open open source. Um, there is um, a new thing out. Let's see if I can get it. Um, there's a company called Musicians Together Apart, um, and they're doing. Um, they've set up 11 um, servers around the world um, that says if you're you can buy time on their server um, monthly fee um, so you can get in you can have your own server to use this stuff um, so mm. it's even it would be I guess even faster and that's a smaller radius that's a 200 mile radius um, that their servers individual servers use so looks really fascinating and I just wanted to chat about that a little bit today. We're going to yeah. have to mess around with this. We should yeah. try yeah. this. If the three of us can get this up and running, we could try playing some trios. Sounds we'll great. And see yeah. if it works or cornet how trio? well it works. Cornet trios or trumpet trios? Of course, trios. Trump cornet trios. Cornet trios? We cornet could, oh, trios. we could do some of the Rafael Mendez things. Yeah, we could we do, do those Let's on do trumpet, it. though. Those are on trumpet. Right. Well, that's the big issue, isn't it? Right. If they solve the latency thing. Right. And it definitely makes it more doable. It still has to be dependent upon your internet connection, right? You have to have a strong internet connection, yeah. Right, so if I'm in my office, we're in good shape because I'm sitting on the school servers. Those are fast. Right. It's not 500 miles after you, right? How far are we apart? That's a good uh -oh. question. We're 10 hours so. apart. I don't think we're that far that. apart. Be over 500 we've, miles. we've made the drive. That is true. Yeah. So, well, that is, man, it's exciting to think about it because even in teaching lessons, right? I mean, that's the, that's the real issue. Play duets with your students. Right. Right. The back and forth could really work. Very cool. Yep. Oh, right. no. No, we're seven. We're outside the radius. Apart. 700 miles. From Bloomington to Glassboro, according to uh, Google Maps, well, 717 miles. You drive to the Ohio border. <laughs> and then. I'll drive to Mechanicsburg. Brian will drive out here. Actually, I, it'll you know, work. If we just if we just meet at your mom's house, that's about halfway. Absolutely, we'll just yeah. go there. She would love it. She'll cook. We'll sit on the deck and play trios. Well, and then we wouldn't need the software. But then I'm we're just pointing this out. We could all set up our computers on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> we're only five feet apart, but we're still using the software. I I'll like bet that idea. stuff would work great if we were five <laughs> no feet <problem>. apart. <laughs> Uh, but this turned into a Permantes road trip at that point. I, and we're all over that. <laughs> yeah. I like the way you say Permantes, but no one in Pittsburgh would know where you were talking about if you said it that way. Well, I want to make sure people understand what I'm saying. Well, then you say it the right way. No, for people outside of Pittsburgh. They're, you want to go with the spelling. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. Not in Pittsburgh. It's just no, Pimantes. of course not. It, it's just Permantes. I know there's no T in it in Pittsburgh. And the R is barely audible. <laughs> barely there. <laughs> but mine. the sandwiches are worth it. Totally worth it. We have yeah. one in Mechanicsburg now. Uh, oh, that's Oh, good. yeah. Wow. Yep. Just all go to Mechanicsburg instead. Right. There was one in York first, but I wouldn't go to that one because I thought they had too much Raven stuff in it. But... Um, <laughs> Well, those are the home games you get to watch, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's not let this get out of hand. All right, Brian, that is good stuff. Hopefully some folks will check that out. Joey, what do you have for us today? I've got a question for you guys. Of course. When you're talking to your students about how to go practice and what they should be doing, do you use the idea that they should be or spend some time practicing in, in pairs or in teams I know some teachers like to do this, the idea of uh, practice buddies, for lack of a better term. Uh, I don't love that term. Uh, that I, I'm always kind of, uh, I, I'm not convinced on this, because I, I, I've always been someone that I'm in the room alone and that's what works best for me, but I know that there are other people that having somebody else in the room that it can really be beneficial. Where do you guys come down on this? I thought that you being in the room alone is the best way to go. <laughs> um, I I like the practice buddy, for lack of a better term. Uh, I, I love that idea. I think there's some, and especially students who really get along, there's some accountability there. They kind of keep each other moving, checking in on each other. It's a chance to do a little, you know, um, impromptu performance sometime and practice that idea of being nervous while you play for someone. Um, and especially when students their strengths and weaknesses don't actually line up, then they can get some advice and learn to diagnose in that. You know, most of my uh, trumpet majors are music ed majors. So I think it's a really great experience for them. I promote it all the time. Yeah, I haven't done any you know, systematic promotion of the buddy system, but I think it's, 
I think it is helpful, and I do have I do will support it when I see it. I do have students who will do that trading back and forth during warm up. Um, they'll also um, play a lot of duets together. They'll play back and forth when they're when working on etudes. Um, they'll do a lot of um, transposition back and forth, and then they try out excerpts when they have an audition. They'll try out excerpts back and forth. I think that's really good um, to do uh, to get that feedback and the performance. I do. Yeah, I agree with that part. My worry is always that the students are going to be more performing than practicing. You know, in the idea of not mm -hmm. letting themselves, you know, doing whatever they need to get through and sound as good as they can, rather than really holding themselves accountable to, you know, I working towards an ideal and technique and musicality. That I, I, I worry about that part. That's why I think if you if you believe in it or believe in the positive part of it, you provide that context going in, right? In a sense, you, you know, I used to think years ago that you didn't have to teach students how to practice when they came to college because they were pretty serious anyway. No, 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 no. Yeah. that's a terrible assumption. Right. <laughs> like you have to teach everyone how to practice. And I think in that you could teach them how to do that, right? Yeah, but that's more of what we've talked about before, creating that culture. Right. And, and that's, that's the and a really important part of that. Just the you, I don't think we've ever really talked about that, but uh, it is a, it certainly can be a really beneficial way to go. And younger players playing stuff for older players, super helpful. And then sometimes when a player, a new player comes into the studio, um, maybe after the first couple of weeks, they still don't really understand the language I'm speaking. And, um, and so an older player you, doing a translation is sometimes helpful for them too. Well, right. I'm, re I'm really thinking about this going into the fall uh, with as much stuff that has been online people and what it related to what you're talking about with this jack trip software if this works really well you know i know that uh, my students and i'm sure yours as well you know being practicing alone and not having performance outlets the idea of anything we can do to get these people together and working yeah. together in a practice in a music any kind of setting is going to be good yep i like I totally it. totally agree Totally agree. I like it. Uh, I'm doing, um, I'm teaching a grad class, on, unfortunately, online this summer, but it's actually worked out pretty well, this advanced brass pedagogy class, and doing a lot of peer evaluation exercises in that, both in small groups and one-on-one, -on -one, where they essentially are learning to use the vocabulary we cover in the class. So it's just, you know, it's again, it's another opportunity. And because all of mine are music ed majors, it, it works out pretty well. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. All right. So... You guys, so I you know you're going to be excited. You're going to be so, now listen, I know we're recording in advance, but when our listeners, I, I, this backboard bingo thing is going to take off like wildfire and I've <laughs> yes. got another oh, episode. No. Yeah. Oh, man. I've got another list planned today. Are you guys ready to play some bingo? Have we, have we played any bingo up until now? Yes, we have. We've played backboard bingo. You know why it's bingo? Because I call it bingo. That's why. <laughs> I don't have but a card. I, are you guys ready? I sent the cards. <laughs> Question one is multiple choice today, gentlemen. Our sponsor, instrument repair specialist Chris Cromer, has a varied background in music, including some time spent in drum corps. With what DCI core did he march? A the Santa Clara Vanguard, B, the Cadets, 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 C, the Phantom Regiment, D, the Blue Devils. Wow. A, Santa Clara Vanguard, yeah. B, the Cadets, C, Phantom Regiment, A, Pete Bond, D, the Blue Devils. I, I don't know. I'm going to make a complete guess here and go Cadets. For some reason, I, I hear Cadets in my brain. I'm not sure why that is. You guys went with the East Coast choice, and yeah. you're both wrong. Yeah. Right, because he's out on the East Coast, I thought. Yeah, maybe that's Yeah, no. Uh, Chris successfully auditioned in March with the Blue Devils. Really? Yeah, wow. spent some time in California, and in fact, really kind of informed his craft while he was out there. And you know, he did his undergrad nice. at UD, so he went Blue Hen to Blue Devil. Blue Devils, yeah. There it is. Uh, you guys did March Drum Corps, right? No offense, Brian. No. Joey, did you march drum corps? No, no there weren't corps. drum corps in Texas when I was growing up because marching band was so big. It hadn't yeah. really expanded down there in the way that it has now. But if you could have, what's your what's your fit? If you could have marched corps, I don't, which one would it have been? Know. That's a, that's a good question. We should figure that out. I, I, I may have to crown, do some right? more. Oh, crown is yeah. But I mean, when crown wasn't an available option when I was no you know, of age. 
Yeah, there's some. I mean, there's some really great organizations. I'd have to. Yeah, I'd have gone I, cadets. I need more information. Shout out to the cadets. That would have been my dream team. A no friend doubt of mine about went it. out and did some work for Santa Clara Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've Good had stuff. students go through a several of those, and, and we've had friends and colleagues working with them. But there's been a lot of there's been more motion among uh, the staff in the past couple of years, which then changes those scores significantly as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> ten points to me. Question two. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no points for us. Well, Joe. you guys didn't get any points. You got it wrong. I mean, do your research. It's a serious show. Question two, multiple choice. <laughs> the best trumpet solo ever written by John Williams is found in which feature film? A, Born on the Fourth of July. B, Lincoln. C, JFK. D, Summon the Heroes. Or E, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's Lincoln. It's Lincoln. Done. Lincoln. It is Lincoln. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Three-way tie, 10 points for me. Well done. <laughs> oh, come on. You guys can split. You get five apiece. <laughs> question three. He wrote these. Yeah. Is this kind of a physics question? By the way, no one called me on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure not being John Williams. <laughs> Well, it no. wasn't the right answer, so none of us guessed so it. So why bother? Just ignored it, yeah. Right. Wow, you're giving me a lot of slack today. Did question three. When I questioned last week, because the question included launching Vince's, DiMartino's career, and I right. said his career was already launched, you said no and threw me right out. I did. <laughs> We're not relitigating this. No, yes, we are. Peter, no, I think we are. But <laughs> Peter Picker wrote the question, and from where Peter stands, he launched Vince DiMartino's career. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question three. Joe, you're going to like this. This is kind of a physics question, I think. Um, you know, just trying to raise the show's profile. I think Obviously. it's physics. Imagine you're standing on top of a very tall building. You have three mouthpieces with you. You have a 7C, <laughs> a 7E, and the infamous 7EW. A 7C, a 7E, and a 7EW. You That's drop the, them. The Scott Belk special. Right. You <laughs> drop them all at the same time. Which one hits the ground first? Is this, a, a, I, need, I need clarifications from, from the judges. Of course you do. Is this a physics question or a riddle? No, I think it's a physics question. I, I think you could look at it, yeah, let's do it that way. Obviously, I'm asking that I'm comparing these. So you said the 7C. 7C, not the 7C sharp that Scott plays. That's no, completely different. That's out. The, se the that 7 That one, when C you drop it, actually rises. <laughs> It goes higher <laughs> and gets bright. The sun, exactly. it just blocks out the sun. Yeah. Okay. The seven C, the seven E or the seven E W you drop them at the same time. Which one hits the ground first? The seven C. Have... No, it's, it's, it, it takes up too much. There's too much drag. There's too much. Uh, cup no, in no, no, no. It, there, it has the most open throat and, and backbone. Mm -hmm. It's going to, mm. it's going to go. Down oh faster. yeah. I could think about that way. Yeah. That's Brian, what do you say? I still say the seven C. All right. The answer. You ready? Yes. Who cares? <laughs> See, it's a riddle. It wasn't a physics question. Just drop them. The All physics them. people <laughs> would care. <laughs> this is science, and we care about science. We believe right. in science. Five points for everyone. <laughs> I'd take three, and you guys get one each. Question four. Under the B, nine. I've got bingo. Bingo. We have a bingo. Brian, congratulations. Ten points. We haven't even Ten had five points. questions. I There's win. no way to have bingo. You have to have at least five questions before you can get to bingo. He, he had the nine. I got he it. He had I the nine it. under But that B. can't have filled out five across or, or up and down or diagonal. There haven't been space. five yet. Even with the free space, you can't have hit it. Free space. Joey did the math on the cards. <laughs> Points. I get points. You got points. <laughs> Ten points for Brian. Joey, you're this losing is... again. Two weeks right. in a row. Joey, <laughs> this is you're terrible at this game. <laughs> what a new game. All right. Question five. Their final question today for backboard bingo. In oh, 19... wait. I have another question then. Hold on. What? If oh, he's no. already got bingo, how can there be another question? Isn't that getting bingo the, the end of the game? Well, in traditional point. bingo, this is backboard bingo. <laughs> oh, Come gosh. on, man. I sent you the rules. They're on the Google Doc. <laughs> for All right. This is for second place. <laughs> this, is for... <laughs> this is for second place. It's second place and the winner of a WIC 3 cornet mouthpiece. In 1954, pianist Skitch Henderson was brought 
back as leader of a small band for The Tonight Show. That band included trumpeter Doc Severinsen. Each night, the band played the show's closing theme, a favorite of host Steve Allen, and the piece was called Tonight, and essentially featured Doc as a soloist in front of the band. The question, how many times per night did Doc have to play that solo? How many times did Doc have each night? Every night. How many times did Doc have to play the solo each night? <clears throat> Didn't he only have to play it once? They do it on the out credits. They did the show live, right? I'm going to go with once. Is that your final answer? That Take is my it. final do you wanna, answer. Do you want to call anyone? I'd, I'd, I'd like to call Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'll text him. <laughs> Brian? Uh, three times. What's your reasoning on they three? They never let it go. Tw they never let, took just one take. But it was, there was live TV at that point. It wasn't takes. Okay, so TV really does broadcast live. It really doesn't matter why he's right, but Brian is right. But he's right for the wrong reasons, and that does matter. <laughs> doesn't matter because so I, extra points I don't want to see your work. I just want Wait, the right why answer. was he even playing and if he's I already won. got first and it's a battle for second? Why did he get to answer at all? <laughs> because you can win again. <laughs> you, one more time, find yourself in third. This is unsustainable. You're a third chair. <laughs> third chair, the fourth open chair, bell. Third chair, the <laughs> open bell. Three times every night to accommodate the various affiliate stations that left the broadcast at different times. Midnight, 1230, and 1 a.m. Eastern. Boom. Boom. Oh, affiliates so, bailed out early. Right. So like that if you, makes sense. So it was live. Right. So like back in the day, like, like I've been to see Letterman, right? Letterman show you realize how much that band plays it's crazy like the stuff you don't see because you just get your one shot at it on TV but when you're in the room it's completely different so right but yeah. but, but, but he was right for the wrong reasons though it doesn't matter 10 points to Brian and our winner this week Brian congratulations thank you wow. reigning champ two times in a row winning backboard bingo wow you're the man <laughs> wow well listen now on to our main topic for today it's time for couple things we've alluded to it hinted at it talked around it and now it's time to hit it head on let's discuss the big magic contained in this plan curated by our very own Joey Tartell it's time to reveal the thing all right let's talk the thing couple things about the thing <laughs> All of this is stuff that I, I have just sort of, I'm not saying everybody has to do exactly like I do. I'm saying this is what works for me and I'll tell you exactly why. And you guys know this better than anybody. I mean, we spent the, a week together. God, that was a year and a half right. ago now. So for context, right? Yeah. Brian yeah, and I, the beginning of my sabbatical, we leave here, we drive to Bloomington, right? And we spend four days, four and a half for Brian, but it was four for me. <laughs> we spend four days just going, learning what Joey does every single day. We spent five day. days. We did it Friday morning. Oh, did we let, that's left. right, Friday you morning. You guys actually said, to, can we do Friday as well before we split? And we did that's it early. That's right, because yeah. then I took you to the bus and you went to play your cornet somewhere. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So we spent the week just getting inside this thing and doing it every day. And so here it is. We wanted to know what the magic was. All right, so here's the concept. The concept for me started when I was in college. I got to, I got to Eastman and almost everything I was doing was on C trumpet. Almost everything I was doing in lessons, everything I was doing in orchestra, when I showed up to the first wind ensemble, everybody's playing C trumpet. And I walked into a practice room and pulled out my B flat trumpet, and it was a Saturday, and I started playing, and I thought, wow, this feels big. And for the first time in my life, B flat trumpet did not feel like home base. Ah. And that scared me. I thought, this mm. is not okay. Now, I was practicing. The good news is C trumpet was feeling like home, which is a positive, but not at the expense of. So I thought, this is not okay. I need a better solution for this. I need to be at home on every instrument. And at that time, I had three instruments. I had a B-flat trumpet, I had a C trumpet, and I had a piccolo trumpet. So I thought, okay, what time does school open? School opens at 8. I'm going to be here at 8. So I need something to play on B-flat. I need something to play on C. I need something to play on piccolo. And I need to be thinking about, I need to be practicing. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just take my technical practice and I'll start applying it across instruments. So what I started with was my version of long tones. Now, this is 
going to sound similar to those of you who know anything about Bill Adams' long tones, but I did not know who Bill Adam was at the time. Mm -hmm. What I knew was one of my French horn player friends showed me what Vern Reynolds was giving to her. And it started mm -hmm. with the metronome on at 50, and I like the metronome being on, hold yourself accountable to time. Because what I find when people do long tones is they'll spend a long time on notes they're comfortable on and not as long a time on notes they're not comfortable on. So <laughs> when you use a metronome, you can hold yourself accountable so you're using the same amount of time for everything. Right, and so let's say, as people are listening, we're going to post this on the, the World Trumpet Federation website. Yes. Are you and, cool and with we're that? Gonna make, uh, yeah, we're going to post this stuff, post and I'll put up order, videos. But I'll right, put up videos as well. Awesome. So you, you don't have right to Right now, we're now. just talking about process. Talking about process, talking about concept. Beauty. So uh, what he did at the time was he was starting on open notes, C's and G's, and going like, you know, a whole note on, whole note off of C, B, C, B flat, C, A, C, A flat, C, G. And I thought, why do we have to play C so many times? <laughs> so I started thinking, what if I started on G, because that's the C on horn, uh, G for us, and I branched out. S you know, for me, it was this idea. Uh, my low register was particularly uh, bad when I got to college, and I would kind of shift when I played lower. So I thought, if I started G, and I go F sharp, A flat, F, A, E, B flat, E flat, B, and hold the horn on my face, whole note on, whole note off, metronome at 50, branch out to them at G and G, and then take a break, and then do the same thing in C. Then I do the same thing on G on top of the staff. Then I do the same thing on high C. And, and in about 18 minutes, you've gone from low G to double C, just playing whole notes. Boom. Seems simple, because this is one of the other things I think people ignore. What you do should be over the entire range of the horn. If you want to be able to use these notes, why are we waiting until you've been playing for an hour? You know, and I listen to lots of bands warm up. What do we hear? We hear different kind of patterns that almost are always descending. They start open, second valve, first valve, one and two. They go straight down. I'm like, you're warming your band down to start the day. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> and, and very down. rarely get out of the staff at all in whatever your quote-unquote warm-ups are. Now, to, to add to this, this is happening at 7.15 a.m. 7. 7. Metronome seven, starts seven at 7. Seven. Non non-negotiable. Instructions were the alarm goes off at six. The alarm goes Breakfast off at six. Breakfast is at six thirty. <laughs> six forty-five. The car leaves. Right. And at and seven, seven. The metronome goes on. The metronome goes 7 off. Seven a.m. And you hear. So you hear. The Diet Coke opening. And then. Bing. Six fifty-nine. Bing. And then you're home. And then we play long tones. So that's how I start my day. Right. And you're covering just trying to make a great sound on every note you're going to use. And I start on B flat trumpet. Right. That's right. how it starts for me, and, and that's yes. the reason it starts for me. Uh, you know, I want to be comfortable in B-flat trumpet, obviously. I want to be comfortable. I want every instrument to be home. So we go second line G. We expand out to low G to G on top of the staff. Yeah. Brian and I were cool with this. We're happy. We can no hang. No problem. We're then there. now we go to third space C, and we go down to low C, and we go to, for Brian, top C. Top C. And you right? guys are still okay. We're yeah. still good. Yeah. No now problem. Joey says we're going to go on G. Not wanting to show a chink in the armor. I pretend it's not going to matter. Brian doesn't say anything. <laughs> but we follow Joey, eking our way to double G. Now, at this point, I know that I personally was praying we were done. But no. Brian no, and I, we're not, not trying not to make eye contact, and Joey plays a C above the staff. And at this point, we know we're dead. <laughs> you guys And he goes to third space C to double C. Right. And those are the long tones. That's the long tones. Thankfully, followed by a five-minute break. Right, Which and this is an important part. Like 30 seconds. Right. But the five-minute break is important because as you're thinking, well, you know, I'll just go on. I feel okay now. Take the five minutes because at the end of the whole time, should you not do that, you can end up hurting yourself. And the last thing you want to do is end up the first thing of the day hurting yourself. It's a terrible idea. So next we want to go into C trumpet. Now what we've started with, long tones can be stiffening, right? But we want C trumpet to be at home as well. So what I really had at my disposal when I was a sophomore in college was the Clark book, Arbid book, all the kind of things. And Clark number three, this is a great exercise that has a little bit of flexibility built in. It's arpeggios, right? You're outlining chords. So let's put the metronome on. And what I like about Clark three, it's that they're in two bar segments. So we can slur a bar, we can tongue a bar. So slurring and tonguing is the same thing. Whether you're tonguing or slurring, you're playing the trumpet the same way. We're getting just as comfortable on C trumpet and put the metronome on. We start at low F sharp and we go, we put what, two bars in between each one of those uh, studies. The one thing I, that I don't like about the Clark book is how it's laid out is that they number every single line. 
So I want to look at the, the study, like the first study, for example, is 25 lines. It, that's one thing. Right. You want to look at, right. uh, otherwise, what I, I, what I see students do is, like, well, I can play the C1 and the F1 and the G1 really, really, those I can play really fast. Now the C sharp and the E and the, and the A flat, that one not so much. No, no, one metronome marking for the entire study, right? right. One metronome marking for the whole study. So what I do with the Clark number three, slur bar, tongue bar, no repeat, but two bars of rest between each study and then play from low F sharp up to the C. Boom, on so C trumpet. I know when we said, all right, you're like, okay, here we go, Clark 3. We're good, right? And I'm thinking, all right, which ones? Stupid question. Yeah. All of them. All of them. All of them. Yeah. We all start on the bottom. When you say Clark 3, that's one thing. That's one thing. So which was awesome. We got through that. Clark 3, bottom of the horn, feels really good, by the way, after the long tones, works beautifully. Yeah, start on the and low F sharp, absolutely. Right, and you work your way up, and then thankfully another five-minute break yeah before well then we're going to move right up the next horn then the next horn of course would be your e flat trumpet right so in the e flat trumpet this is where i'm thinking this is where clark two comes in really really handy since we played up clark three we're going to play down clark two so we're going to start Thankfully. where it's written where it's written on e flat trumpet start on that c because what we're going to do here we're going to play through it as slurred the first time single tongue the second time double-tongued on each note the third time, and then double-tongued double-time the last, fourth time. So and the, what the reason I start here is because when you, sometimes the double-tonguing low is harder for people than double-tonguing high, and it was for me. So I thought, oh, I can certainly double-tongue C in the staff on an E-flat trumpet. When we get down to those low Gs, I don't want to start on that because I'm going to be starting where I'm at, at the weakest. So when I start, and I'm just going to go half-step down, half-step down, half-step down, half-step down. One metronome marking for the whole study all the way down from E-flat trumpet all the way down. To, so we played up Clark 3. We're going to play down Clark 2. Right. Now, Brian and I had different reactions to this one. I think, <laughs> I think we, were, we were both. If you try this at home, and, and I encourage you to do it, when you finally get down to like A for me, that's where it is, down to A, you're so thankful. <laughs> you just keep telling yourself it's it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. It's going to get lower, right? That's when this the cr the cramps in the cheeks start to abate. Yeah. So I teared up. I I'm not going to you know I cried a little at this particular point. Brian puked. That's a. <laughs> but this this I was said the I'm one. Have to be right back. Yeah, I'm going to be right back. This is the one though that I was like, okay, now what have we done? We drove all this way to do this right? But man, you can feel it. This is where you start to feel it. But right. it's awesome. You get to the bottom and the, on the E-flat trumpet, life is good. Right. And, and I know, especially the first day, you go all the way through this and going, okay, all I did was drive out here to have somebody beat the crap out of me with Clark studies. <laughs> yeah. And, and you guys are saying, listen, this isn't, this isn't, I said, you're going to have to trust me. We're going to get to day three. You'll thank me. Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah. well, fair or not fair? Fair, and totally fair. Now, yeah. it drew, and you were being very kind about it, both in the way you paced it and the way you explained it and the time you took, and primarily in the way that you kept offering the Clark book. Guys, it's right yes. behind you. No, no, no. You because you book. are sitting we're there good. playing at us from memory, and so are we. At this point, we're good. Because the next thing is you say, we're going to do Clark 4 on the piccolo trumpet. That's correct. And we're good, right? Brian, totally we, fine. we're totally yep, fine. We're you guys need the book? I don't need the book. No, we know four. Fine, let's go. We get our piccolos out in B flat, if I remember, for some and terrible this reason. Way. You can do it on B flat, you can do it on A. And with E flat trumpet, you could do it on D trumpet. These are things, you know, again, it's, it's an evolution. Like what I started doing when I was 19, I only had three horns, and I had like an hour and 15 minutes before class started. My first class was at 9.15. So I, I had it set up, and as I've gained horns and gained time, it has grown and grown and grown as we will get to the ridiculous part as we keep going. Yes. But so yeah. Clark 4, piccolo Clark, trumpet. Piccolo trumpet. It's a great way to practice your alternate fingering because it's a great way to practice getting in tune. And when people play uh, piccolo, lots of times uh, their college trumpet players spend a lot of time on A piccolo playing in the key of concert D, so they, they play really well on their F major scale. Right. And, then and, and this works the same way we, we start in the middle, right? Written C, written the C. piccolo. Right. Spider and then we out. spider out in half steps 
Right. Which ultimately exercise takes you to G above the staff, mm -hmm. right? But that, that was fine. We could hang there. Where I ran into trouble was on low F. The low F. You want to get that fourth valve working. <laughs> exactly right. No, You're no, you going don't. to need that. No, I don't think you do. You do. I think, I don't think it's. <laughs> you don't think it, it's a thing? No. I remember sitting there looking at your fingers going, I have never done that in my life. Right, but it really helps. And this is all with a metronome. Remind the metronome folks. is on. If the Clark the book is, is open, the metronome, the metronome is, on. is on. At yeah, which point? That's a rule. The Clark book was about to be opened. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You guys are. You guys are still doing. We're still hanging, hanging. Pretty well at this point. Yeah. And this was a really pivotal moment in my entire career because I didn't know there was a Clark Seven. Right. Brian, Brian seemed shocked, too, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did seem surprised because next so, we reach, we played all the way up. So we played B-flat trumpet, C-trumpet, E-flat trumpet, and piccolo. So now we're going to the flugelhorn. Thank and God, course, I'm thinking. Thank and, God. And this is where uh, one of my good friends years ago, Rob Parton, who's a, a, the lead trumpet teacher and runs at 2 o'clock at North Texas now, and is a great trumpet player and a great teacher. When we had a discussion about this maybe 20 years ago, and he said to me, you practice your flugel every day? <laughs> I said, of course I practice my flugel every day. I want my flugelhorn to be home. I don't think of these as doubles. I don't think of the flugelhorn as a double. When I pick up a flugel, I want it to feel like I own this the same way I own B-flat trumpet. So You'll take the pay for it being a double. Well, of course, but I don't consider it secondary <laughs> in, 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 my, in the way I perform. Right? I want to be just as comfortable and just as proficient on that horn, so I want to practice it. So Joey says, flugelhorn, no problem. We get out the flugelhorn. Brian I say oils Clark his valves. Seven. He's stalling. He's oiling his valves. And Clark Seven, Brian and I both look at each other, dumbfounded. Neither wanted to be the first to say, there's a seven. Um, there's a seven. Where's the book? Is this I had to play that for Mr. Couch in college. <laughs> Still a great gag today. There's seven? There's seven? Yeah. You better believe we dove for the book. <laughs> the book was out then. But the tempo at which you played that day, the book didn't even help. And neither did Brian oiling his valves. We were well, dead I in do, the water. I do want to be able to play in a tempo that, that allows you to play each, each, uh, each key uh, in one breath. You don't want to have to break those up. Right. So you should practice them until you can get them in one yeah, breath. That, yeah. that did seem important to you. Yes. Again, and we do that one uh, just one time through. We're not, uh, we're not. It did not repeating. sound clean. <laughs> uh, no. In the studio. No. If you're looking for something to just knock you down a peg, this is it. Open up your Clark book. There's, Clark there's, seven. There are more than four studies and five studies. Just keep yeah. going. The Clark book's really, really good. On the flugel, bottom of the horn to the top of the horn. But, yeah, we're playing up. We do up. We go up number seven. Exactly right. So mm. when we're finished with that, then we're heading to Brian's happy place. Yeah. It's cornet time. And of mine course. too, because I had a brand new cornet. That's that right. Week. I'd just gotten the Shires. You had just yeah. gotten, yes. I'm mm, so happy. Yes, that was the apples and lasagna. Apples and lasagna. That's where it was born, yes. That's what I walked out of the room. I came back in and you said, you guys, hey, listen to this and tell us what you think. And, so Brian and, played mm -hmm. and he sounded great. Tremendous player. And you played, it sounded great. I'm like, what do you think of that? And my first thought was, that's not like apples and oranges. <laughs> It's not that close. <laughs> Although both great sounding cornet players, you guys sounded like apples and lasagna. <laughs> so completely different, but yet both love apples, love lasagna. <laughs> I'd like to think I was the pasta and all that. But don't tell me if I'm not. <laughs> all right, so then we, get, we, we pull the cornet out. We're going, we're going right back to Clark 1, right? And we're going to start right in the middle now. You might be thinking, well, we've done a lot of finger stuff, and we've done a little bit of articulation stuff, and we've done some single tonguing, we've done some double tonguing. It's now time for triple tonguing. So we want to we slur. Think of each line on Clark 1 with one repeat. The first time through, you're going to slur it, and the second time through, you're going to triple tongue it. And again, we're just going gonna to spider right out, right? We started F sharp and just branch all the way out because a lot of times people don't like to triple tongue low or high. So we start where it works best, right in the middle of the horn on that F sharp. So eventually you're triple tonguing on lo from low F sharp and, and you're triple tonguing up to high C. Really good idea. Except if you've spent your life thinking of Clark 1 and 3, 4, and you it's one and, 1 and 2 and 3 and 1 and 2 and 3 and 1 and 2 and 3, and then you ask me to triple tongue it, and I'm thinking, 
okay, I can multiple tongue it. But then you wanted me to go. And I had never conceived it that way. Because I wanted you to conceive of it in one, which was what Mr. Clark wrote. If you look at the metronome marking, it starts at quarter note, but then says dotted half equals. So that means you want to think told, of it in one. Yeah, I, truth be told, probably I started actually playing a couple of them on Wednesday, late Wednesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> before that, I might have been just wiggling my fingers. <laughs> There's a chance. Or slurring them the second time around. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cheating. And then say. pretending. But you want that triple thumb. You want to work. You know, I think you want to hit uh, what my concept as I've been growing this thing since I was 19 is I want to hit as much of the technical aspects of the trumpet on every horn in the morning so that when we're done and we're getting there, at, when, I, when I'm practicing later in the day, all I'm worried about is making music because I have covered all the technical practice that I need. I have challenged myself beyond the, the technical needs that I will need in producing music so that I can think, how do I want this to sound? Where is the place to breathe? Where is the place to phrase? How am I going to choose to articulate that? Where am I going to move? Where am I going to push and pull? And I don't have to really think about, well, how do I get through this? I don't want to have that thought with music. I want to think, how do I want it to be and work backwards from there rather than how do I get through it and just trying to do my best to make it. That's what that's what the the big overarching concept is here. So we're done with the with the cornet, right? Mm -hmm. So then we're heading we're heading back we to the, the B back flat. Back to B flat trumpet. Yeah, and I, I have actually put this up here. And I'll, we'll put these up again. There'll be links for all of this stuff. When you're listening, you can go to the WFF website. We'll have a page called the thing, and I'll just put up. We'll walk you all through it with PDFs and, and videos. It'll be there. Um, or I you should know, say, like it is you, there. If you need the Clark book, like if you're that guy. <laughs> if you're that guy. Brian. Well, I'm going to I've written it all out so that it has the rest like I would like them divided and in the order in which I do them. So it's not always exactly clear. Um, but this one I've done. I have an exercise that I, are, are four steps to double C. It's really, really simple. I've actually written a blog post about this on, on my website before. It w you only need to know one number, and the number is five. I call the exercise fives. Right? So they're just lip slurs. You're going to start on, on partials. On, so one, two, and three, and go up five partials. One, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one, two, three, four, five. Start on the low note, go up, down, and up. And you do that. So if you do that on, from low F sharp and you go up, you're up, you end up on G on top of the staff. Sounds good, right? All seven you combinations. Yep. You guys, yep. you guys were nails. So then we jump up the octave. Well, we start on, on F sharp one. and the staff. <laughs> and we go from F sharp <laughs> and the staff. One, two, three, four, five. Four, three, two, five, one, two, three, four, five, and we do that all seven combinations. We're on high C, and you guys are nails. And we're great. We were totally cool. So then we go to the next one, and then we start and on high F sharp. Mm -hmm. And now that one, two, three, four, five, they're really close partials, and you still want those to click right in place. You want them just go click, 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 click. You want them really going in there, and that gets you from F sharp on top of staff. That gets you to high G. And you guys were almost there with mostly clients. Yeah. It was a we're, yeah, close. Yeah, you guys were close. But then there's step four. And oh again, my. I've got this written out, and it'll be up there. Now, when, this is where the horn stops working. Like, once you get up to high F sharp and high G, the valves don't really do anything. I think it was you can play any note working. of any finger. <laughs> 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 so then you really, when you get above that, and, you know, this is where trumpet players, there's all kinds of voodoo and mystery and, and the stuff surrounding how to do this. And really, all you have to do is build the coordination necessary to do it. So sometimes that's meaning going to find it. So this is one way to go and find it. So you start one valve combination, one, two, and three. You start on, on F sharp on top of the staff, and you go one, two, three, four, five to that C sharp. And then you just start leaning out and seeing if you can get push your way out to that F sharp. And it can sound like, you know, and it'll click and click and click, bump over some stuff until you find that again. And all you're doing is build that coordination. You're not hammering it in place. You're just going to see where is that, where is that, where is that, and building that coordination. And you do that on all seven fingerings, and boom, you're at double C. I remember it sounding more like... <laughs> like static. Static, the and then nothing. Well, right, and when that happens, you air. take, uh, I think of it like baseball. You take three good strikes, and then you're out. Right, which is an important part of this, and, and I love this part of it. You spend the time visiting that area every day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. it's going to work, sometimes it's not. But you, you are patient enough to let it come to you. If it doesn't speak, it doesn't speak. We're not going to do a lot of compromising to chase it down. Yeah, We're same thing. Stay the well, course. For, for me, that was the part that worked easier for me when I was younger. 
the double tongue and triple tongue below low C? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so much. But it was the same kind of patience, and I'm not generally a very patient person. Of just like the thucka 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 on low A's. Right. Going, this I'm building the coordination. <laughs> I'm building the coordination. I'm building the coordination. So then. This is where it can stop for, I, I think, most trumpet players because this is the, the realm of, like, I would say most common horns out there. And because I like to play different horns, this is where I expand into. I've got three more trumpets. I've got the alto trumpet, which is pitched in low F. I've mm-hmm. got the alto flugelhorn, which is pitched in low E flat. And I play, of course, bass trumpet. I do a lot of bass trumpet with the group, uh, in trumpet and, and on my own, obviously. So with those... I want to get to some more, I've broadened the definition of fundamentals in technical practice to include transposition and improvisation. So what I'm looking for then is, there's, this is the easy part because there's always more music than you haven't played than you have played. So I get something I don't know and I put it in front of me and I read it. So it's both sight reading and transposition practice. And then uh, I do that on the, on the alto horns. Uh, and then on the bass trumpet, uh, I will uh, usually find a, an Abersol or find a tune I either want to learn or I'm working on, and I just play it. I just do a performance of it, put it on, and we're just going to play play the melody, play through, and, and see what I see see how it goes. And generally, that takes somewhere in the neighborhood of about two hours every morning. That's my yeah, the whole thing start to finish about two hours. Yeah, that's my right. seven o'clock to nine o'clock every morning. That's just what I do. And I will say you were right because probably around the third day we're like oh okay right yeah Yeah. not feeling beat up by trying all this stuff feeling better feeling more dialed in and i i know i talked about this on an earlier episode but the funny thing for me is that i was getting ready to do a recording and we had talked about well we'll do this thing in the morning and then you had to do some teaching and brian and i basically just went out and ate lunch and did nothing it was the (laughs) best start to a sabbatical ever (laughs) and then uh you know, we would come back and we were going to play some rep for each other in the afternoon. And I remember then after doing all this stuff, you know, so fast and covering, literally touching all four corners of the trumpet, you know, opening that folder and looking at that, like, ah, this is easy. I'm not worried about this anymore because it was so far inside of what I had done on a daily basis. And that's the concept twofold one. So did you have all the technical Everything technical you would need at your disposal so you can just look and say, oh, I can play that. But then two, the physical part, and this is the important part of this, trumpet players uh, a lot of times get really into the, the, you know, we're weightlifters, we're athletes, we're blah, blah. And I I don't think any of that's true. Uh, I think we're artists, but we do need to be trained and ready to play. So what this functions for me as is every day going, okay, can I grow Technically, can I push that envelope? So I, the metronome gets moved around and, and stuff evolves and changes over time. Um, like if, you, if we talk in five years, there may be a couple of changes to what I'm doing. If you talk to me five years ago, it might be a little bit different. Of, oh, this is what I want to move to. This is what I want to move to. So that I'm always sort of pushing that envelope so that when we're talking about, like when we talk about warming up, I don't warm up. I played mm. for two hours this morning because I think warming up can often be an excuse not to sound good because it doesn't matter because it's just warming up. So this is, I am always trying to sound my absolute best on the trumpet, and then I'm always ready to play and holding myself to that same accountability of always trying to sound my best, no matter what I'm doing. So this, for me, gets me into that place so that no matter how much or how little I played the day before, that comes in to start my day and no matter how much or how little I'm required or want to play that day, I'm able to. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, I've had some days that we, we've talked about this, you know, recently about, okay, so it doesn't feel great. It was a strenuous day of recording or whatever happened. You're up early, you stayed up later, you have whatever it happened to be. But committing to playing this, yes, yeah, sometimes it starts out a little rough. But I'll tell you what, as you dial in, it, it kind of brings you around. Right. It's, you know? it, it, that's the idea. It's supposed to, for lack of a better term, be like a self-diagnostic. You're trying to go in, okay, I'm trying to get everything in there. And, and the weird part of this is, and I've had this experience with a lot of professionals and students, where I'm saying the solution to what you think your endurance problem is, is more playing, not less. Because mm. the more playing gets you prepared to play more. Right. 
rather than I need to take it easy because something's going to be hard. No, 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 no. You need to be practicing so in a place so that you know, then you just don't get tired because you've set yourself up in such a good way. And for me, heading into the recording as I was, I had never gone into a, rec into a recording situation like recording the whole CD over three or four days, feeling as strong as I did, which made my confidence level high, which meant I was less nervous about. Now, is this CD available? Is this it is actually, we talked about it, and a really tremendous review, by the way, in the ITG Journal. Now, is that, um, this, is, this is uh, Parable? Yes, Parable, and that's exactly the way you <laughs> exactly. say it. That's, that's gonna be a question on Backboard Bingo <laughs> next week. That Brian oh, clearly is going to get. Gonna Brian's clearly going to get right. <laughs> the other thing I want to say about this, if we do have any band director friends uh, listening, and and I know we do, um, I have taken this thing and modified it for a high school brass section warm up. I've taken this concept, Ooh. and I have built a series of things that reflect the intent of this, um, and used it. Would this been, I think, the second year? No, this would have been the, I did it one time, one year. I built this thing with Mechanicsburg. And the director's like, okay, look, I don't know what we did this year, what you did, but this is it. Because it dialed them in. And my, my thing with this is that this is what the students will practice when they go home. So they learned all these exercises by rote. They have a whole series of them. They call them things like spiders and fives and whatever else, right? It's all there. Um, not quite as much because we don't have that kind of time. But man, did it make a huge difference in unifying the sound and mostly building strength and confidence in a very young brass section. So it can be modified sure. um, and, and used that way. Yeah, I think my intent here, you know, this is, uh, again, this is what I do and what I do it for my own very selfish purposes of I want to be, I want to feel like my alto flugelhorn is home base when I pick it up. And a lot mm. of people might find that a ridiculous contention, and that's fine. <laughs> but it's doesn't everyone make it less find true. That a ridiculous contention. But, you know, you guys <laughs> have said make it less true. That's right. You guys have sat next to me in Trumbull for a number of years now, and you know the back and forth part. And aside from one really, really, really funny uh, experience in Westchester, <laughs> um, the back and forth <laughs> is never really an issue, right? right. I, 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 I can go to B flat. We can go to piccolo. We can play bass trumpet. You know, the, not the upcoming CD, but the one before that. We finished the first day of recording, which was about 10 hours, if you guys remember. Mm, <laughs> I do. Uh, yes. I played exactly one note on B-flat trumpet. Do you remember? Yeah. That's at the end of Full Monday. Yeah. And it's a, it's a double C. It's, it's a double C. C. After right, playing bass trumpet for the whole chart. Yeah. <laughs> right, bass trumpet for the whole chart. But, you know, we did the, the piccolo stuff and the E-flat stuff, and there's the one alto thing. Brian, we ended up switching parts on that one piece. Because it was like a back and forth from trumpet to four valve flugel. And you're like, look yes. at this. I'm like, oh, that's just really an alto trumpet. I'm going to play the whole thing on alto trumpet. It makes more sense. <laughs> I, I informed the composer of that after we recorded it. He right. said, what's an alto trumpet? <laughs> 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 and he's like, oh, that makes sense. But, you know, we, we bought in here, didn't we, Brian? Like totally, we, yeah. we were down in Nashville. We went down to record the last CD, right? Yep. Taking six horns with us. Because now you got to go every day. So here Every we are day. getting ready to do morning and afternoon. And in one case, it might, like an evening recording session didn't matter. You get up in the morning and you do the thing. Do the thing. Top the to bottom. thing. It also, like on a daily, like sort of uncompromising way, uncompromising way, you just, you don't have to worry about what your morning structure is going to be. You don't have to worry about what you're going to do in the afternoon. You do this thing. It sets you up. In the afternoon, you're going to do your musical practice. And then you can sort of, for me, it was nice to be able to leave it at the office. Um, mm -hmm. If I had an evening rehearsal, great. Go back, pick up the horns, go to evening rehearsal. Um, but all of the other stuff was out of the way. I wasn't pacing my day to practice so that I could make it through the rehearsal um, or the recital or the concert. It was just what I did. Um, it used to be a drag to do a double orchestra rehearsal um, or a double a rehearsal and a performance. Um, so I do the thing for two hours in the morning, go to do the two and a half hour orchestra rehearsal, go to the show, play the show, be totally fine. Uh, is it just a totally different experience? Um, and it just made every day the same and easy. Um, it's like what they talk about um, people who are um, in great shape. Um, they're eating the same thing 
know, or right. basically the same thing, and they've planned for it. Um, so it's a really easy way to just structure everything, uh, and you don't have to make decisions. I'm not right. making decisions about what I'm going to do at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's 7 o'clock. Oh, got to be doing my long toss. Yeah, making it the non-negotiable, right? It's just yeah. non-negotiable. You're just going to do it. Yeah, I, that's that's the important part. You got to make the commitment to practice, or, you know, it's it's very very simple. You know, we, uh, you know, we've talked about lots of rules that we've got, and aside from if the me- if the Clark books open, the metronome's on. Metronome's on. You're either getting better <laughs> or you're getting worse. You're not staying the same. Right. So if you're not practicing, you're just getting worse, and and you can be okay with that. Uh, I'm just not okay with that. So I'm just I want to keep practicing because I want to mm-hmm. keep getting better. Well, it's great stuff. I mean, obviously works for you. We're, we're both total believers uh, after our experience with it. And I've used it, like I said, with students and with, you know, with college students and then with these high school students, too, in some form. And it is it's brilliant and it absolutely works. So go to the website. Check it out. Joey's going to be very generous and put the stuff up there for you so you can find it and uh, have your own experience with the thing. Absolutely. So, listen, finally, we reached the portion of our program that we like to call No Offense. And this is where we highlight something from the trumpet kingdom that is recognized, used, and touted, yet might not make so much sense to us. We feel it is our responsibility, know our duty to highlight such things to raise awareness, inform the masses, and generally start trouble. And today's topic fits beautifully with what we're talking about laying out for efficiency's sake <laughs> laying out at the end of the charge oh man to cap that bad boy and then hang over <laughs> trade the last eight bars for the last eight seconds <laughs> i know we have an opinion about this joey do you have an opinion about this i know this might shock you uh i've given this an awful lot of thought <laughs> Here's, here's the first up. time I remember this. I remember being, uh, I was a high school junior, and we go into the high school jazz festivals where you, you know, everybody plays all afternoon, they have some big guest artists, and they give awards out at night, you know. So we get to watch all the bands. So I'm watching this band, and I don't remember exactly which band it was, but they were doing um, uh, Gabriel, the Maynard tune Gabriel, right? And they had a guy, you know, just playing high G's. So I'm watching him. Um, on the first tune, and they do like an opener, it sounds okay, and he, he does Gabriel, and he leaves out stuff, because, you know, my knowledge of Gabriel at that time was I could pretty much sing it and play it all the way through, you know, play along with the Maynard record as best I could, like I knew it that well. And he's leaving stuff out, mm-hmm. so he can make sure he get those G's, and I'm a little bugged. But then on the last tune they played, I'm watching, and, and they get to the shout chorus, and he's playing, and then he's not playing. And then he's playing, and then he's not playing. And I know the chart, and I'm thinking, why isn't he playing? And then there's eight bars before the end, and his horn is down, and he's, like, setting up. You can see all the physical, you know, like, wiping his face <laughs> and stretching and moving and boom, boom, boom. And then, boom, he puts the high G on the end. And I'm sitting there watching this as a 16-year-old going, he's cheating. That's <laughs> cheating. That's cheating. It's completely cheating because That's what not you're bingo. doing. That's not backboard bingo. That, is, that guy would lose a backboard bingo. <laughs> because if you're leaving out music just to play a high note, you're cheating yourself of music, and you're cheating the music itself by not playing what's on the page. It's not okay. Stop doing it. Offense intended. This switched from <laughs> no offense to I'm offended. Yes. This actually means something. All right, so how do you feel, though? Let, let's talk about this. And How do you feel about split lead? You got split lead players, right? And they're spelling off. They're taking, taking turns. Oh, boy, we got them fired up now, Brian. <laughs> this, this is harder because if Keep it's digging. necessary, if, you sure. know, if you've got a high school jazz band and this is necessary, you, know, you, you want to make sure you're not abusing your players. You want to make sure that your players can handle what you're giving them and you're putting them in a, in a position to succeed. So if that necessitates having assistance and having people split parts, I guess that's okay. But when we get to the college and professional level, I think that needs to go away. And this, is, in the orchestral world, is, is very similar. You know, the what has become very common in the orchestral world in the United States is to have assistance in the brass sections. 
this is still not nearly as much the norm in other places in the world. You know, I played mm. uh, last year, I ended up playing uh, assistant for Bob Sullivan in Cincinnati on a concert and a recording. And, and he called, he says, listen, we've got this crazy concert and this crazy recording. I just want to know, can you play this? And I said, sure, I'd be happy to. Um, uh, it was Verez, uh, Amarique, right? This long piece, but they were also doing, um, crap, it'll come to me, uh, uh, other big things on the program, right? Mm -hmm. So he said, I just want to have you there. And so I get there, and he's like, listen, I don't really, I haven't really used an assistant before. I'm not sure how much I'm going to need you. They just thought it might be a good idea to have you in reserve. And I said, whatever you need. You know, and this was a pretty crazy program. And, uh, you know, but there are, there, are, there are places for where it's definitely necessary, right? Mm -hmm. You need that. Right. You know, uh, I did this once for uh, Michael Wilkinson, who's now in Pittsburgh, when he was in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Th that program was uh, John Cage's City Noir, really long mm -hmm. piece. Really, oh, man, the trumpet solo stuff in that is really technically and musically challenging. And holy moly, did he sound amazing. That was on the first half with something else, and then he opened the second half playing Quiet City. And then after that, <laughs> the orchestra was playing uh, West Side Story Symphonic Dances. Wow. So he's like, I need you to play assistant on City Noir, and, and then I want you to just play West Side Story. I don't even want to, I, I want to play the solo and be done. I'm like, great, that sounds awesome, and that's what we did. So certainly that's, that's a reasonable thing to do at that point, and you want to set your students up for success. That's not what I'm talking about here. Right. What I'm talking right. about here is just like, hey, I'm ducking out so that I can look cool at the end. That's not okay. Not and okay. I think there's a big difference. There's a big difference right. there. And there are people that do this on a very regular basis, and they need to know. I really wish there was some sort of, I don't know, buzzer we could just say like, eh, nope, go back. You either play the whole <laughs> phrase. I, I'd rather hear the whole. I'd rather hear all the music uh, than hear one high note. Right. So we are calling you out totally. if you're doing that. Brian, does this happen in the cornet world? Is there equivalence of this? They will, in test pieces, will leave out a little bit before a big exposed solo. Um, but you have five people playing the same part. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's it's the whole bench no. is playing the part, and you can you can stop playing before before a big solo. Nothing's but, missing. Know, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing's missing. And people are not, you know, when we're standing up and playing in front of playing solos, we're not leaving stuff out in the piece before, you know, we're, you know, the, the cornet, the solo cornet piece plays, takes place like two or three pieces into the program. And I've played all those pieces and everything in those pieces before. Right. You have to play solo. all the band parts before you stand up and play all your solos. Yes, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. You yeah, actually have you, to play music do. with the ensemble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and leaving stuff out, it, it would be frowned upon. On a contest stage, when you're doing a test piece before a big solo, yeah, if you need to take a couple bars, um, but everybody's fortunes are riding on those, mm. riding on that big solo in the test piece. So, Right, yeah. Interesting the way it applies across different groups, right? Yeah. I mean, college jazz, college professional jazz ensemble, a high school jazz ensemble, brass band, quintet. I mean, wh what about those places where you just don't have that option, right? You're in a brass quintet, one and a part, or a trio. Some of the hardest playing I've ever done is brass trio. <laughs> no, Brian, chamber music doesn't allow yeah. for this. No, yeah. you can't do that. You don't do it. No? Yeah. So you can hot dog and play a really great low C on the end, right? It doesn't. There's no time for that. Only you would use the phrase "hot dog" on a low C. That was fantastic. Have you heard That's my a really low great C? Sound. You yeah. do have a great low C. That's true. It would never occur to me that I could hot dog a low could, C because I don't think I can. Oh, I think you can. Now the low G, right out. Right. No shot. Not your note. <laughs> Well, listen, that about does it for today. Hey, thanks for joining us on The Open Bell. Stay tuned, subscribe to whatever works for you. We appreciate your patronage and so do our sponsors who have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell. Mm -hmm.